We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me right now, Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee, and we're going to talk about the 49ers thumping the Jaguars 34-3 out in Jacksonville. But before we do that, we got to tell you about the homies over at Lamb Chops. SGLambChops.com is the website. That's also their Instagram handle, at SGLambChops. Follow them there. They have a new winter line coming out. It's all super sick, and it all looks super cozy and super high quality, as all of my Lamb Chops clothing is. Whether it's shorts, hoodies, t-shirts, it's the very best, and it's why it's the official clothing brand of Candlestick Chronicles. I got my sweats on now. They are flawless. Sort yep. of like that 49ers performance in uh, in Jacksonville. It's a great call by you. They're the, really uh, great call the, by you. They're the Week 10 Niners of sweatpants, so shout out to, <laughs> <laughs> shout out and, to Lamb Chops. And as comfortable as they are, they also check the number one box. They look dope. They look dope. Everybody knows that's the most important thing. Go to sglambchops.com today. Use promo code CANDLESTICK20 for 20% off your order. That's sglambchops.com. Promo code CANDLESTICK20. And start looking dope today. We're also sponsored by Cooperage Brewing. Shout out to our friends over at Cooperage. You can visit the brewery in Santa Rosa. Tons of good beers on tap there. It's a great vibe whether you want to stay indoors, outdoors. They got a food truck. Bring your dog. Bring your whole family. It's a really great spot to vibe and couldn't recommend it enough. So shout out to Cooperage. You can also order beer online. Cooperagebrewing.com. That's the website. You got to be 21 or over and in the state of California. You got to order a case, but they will ship that case directly to your front door with one day shipping. And I got to tell you, there's not a lot of things better than that doorbell rings. You go outside, you got to sign for a package, and oh, it's 24 beers right at your front doorstep. Cooperbrewing.com. I'm not going to run out to the fridge and, and get one right now because I did that last time, but I do feel like it. I think uh, after we're done recording here, I'm going to wind down with the rest of the slate of games and crack open a, another Candy Cron Hazy IPA and uh, kick my feet up a little bit because it's been kind of a weekend, but... Um, Look, man, Cooperage, their craft beer is as good as anything. I would stack it up against anything. Um, be the envy of your tailgates at Levi's Stadium. Grab some Candlestick Chronicles, Hazy IPA, throw into your friends, and, and just look at their eyes light up and be like, whoa, this is a really amazing can because I love the yeah. 49ers, and this is like a 49ers-themed can. Mm-hmm. And it happens to be excellent beer also, so it's it's really a win-win. Um, shout so out many to Cooperage everyone in santa rosa is just checking boxes stacking dubs good day for it cooperbrewing.com <laughs> all right let's talk about this 49ers win 
Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. Man, what an ass kicking. Holy smokes. That was... Man, go ahead. I I texted you midway through the game. I was like, this feels like the Pittsburgh game. It felt Mm. like... Almost almost the same score. Completely different than the previous three weeks. Um, What really stood out to me, and I feel like I'm beating a dead horse with this point, um, but the quarterback, Trevor Lawrence, was not allowed to just get to the top of his drop and hit his first read. He Mm -hmm. was constantly having to pad the ball a little bit um he wasn't getting the ball out super quick and it led to the pass rush getting home it's it's not like super complicated right like from the 49ers defensive standpoint they mixed up their looks pre-snap you even saw it early in the game I think there was that I think it was a second drive you could see the 49ers were showing a zero blitz um Trevor Lawrence audible to something else the audible didn't go well it looked like it was a screen and by the time he he took the snap, he had three 49ers on him for his second third down sack taken. And it was like, all right, this is what it's supposed to look like. The Niners, the Niners secondary and their coverage units are preventing the quarterback from just throwing the ball anywhere he wants to early in the play. Um, and it's allowing the 49ers talented defensive front to eat against a really bad pass protecting offensive line. And look, coming in, it seemed like Trevor Lawrence profiled as a type of quarterback that would give the 49ers troubles based on how the three-game losing streak went, right? Like Joe Burrow mm-hmm. and Kirk Cousins really picked the 49ers apart because they were able to just get to the top of their drop and get the ball out. It was like lightning quick. The Niners' defensive line didn't have any time to get to the quarterback, and it was the complete opposite today. So I don't know if it was Steve Wilkes being on the sideline. I don't know if it was just everybody playing better. I don't know if it was a schematic thing to where they were doing a better job of mixing up their looks Mm -hmm. and preventing Trevor Lawrence from ever getting comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was just a total ass kicking, like you said. Um, 221 yards of offense. The 49ers had 437, Mm -hmm. more than almost doubled them up. Um, In six more plays. (laughs) In six more plays, right? Like it was just. It was just like a thoroughly dominant performance and the type of performance that during the 5-0 and streak, we had them pegged as, you know, one of, if not the best teams in the NFL. And to go on the road, playing a team also coming off of its bye, a team that had gone 13-4 and in their last 17 games, and to hang thir- to beat them by 31 points um, and to just completely answer any questions you had about their defense, at least for one week, it's about as performance impressive as a performance as, as they could have put out there and so now you have to feel like all right maybe the 49ers get rolling again that was their get right game in a similar way that some of their rams games the past few years have been after losing streaks so a couple things one the niners scored 34 points and went one for four in the red zone that's <laughs> that's wild <laughs> that's that's pretty nuts like they could have they could have hung up 50 if uh if if they had well yeah, one of, them, of those in. one of them was was trying to get Christian McCaffrey that record-setting touchdown. Right, that would have gotten him to to forty. Yeah, yeah. And then they had a but 
Um, for the defense, they made two changes. Diamondor Lenore played in the slot. Ambry Thomas played outside along with Traverius Ward. They moved Diamondor Lenore down into the slot. And then it, it looked like I haven't, I mean, I'm, I haven't crushed the all 22 just yet, but it looked like they were playing more press man where they were tighter up on the receivers and just taking away those quick, easy throws. And lo and behold, the pass rush gets home. And I think Chase Young helped because teams weren't able to commit as much help to, to Nick Bosa or to Javon Hargrave, uh, excuse me, Javon Hargrave or Eric Armstead. And the entire defensive line just looked new and different. And I think it's because the pressures were there and the quarterback hits were there in the, in the three games that they lost. They just weren't getting the quarterback on the ground. And they got the quarterback on the ground today because of that extra split second that Lawrence had to hang on to the ball. And that was the adjustment you were hoping to see. And, and it worked. So, or maybe they were just more motivated because Steve Wilkes was on the sideline. TBD. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we'll have to see we'll probably find out more as the reporting trickles in over over the course of today and and the rest of the week in terms of how much tangible that impact actually was or how tangible that impact actually was but like i don't know hit it the 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 communication seemed streamlined and you definitely saw him at least talking to his guys throughout the game you know Mm -hmm. based on the tv copy that we saw um so it absolutely didn't hurt right I, i just think whatever it was it just seemed far more cohesive than what it's looked like. And, you know, it's probably a little bit of everything, right? It's probably the fact that they're coming off the bye. It's probably the fact that they had the extra week to really dive into whatever their issues were on the back end um, and and sort that stuff out. Um, And they were, you know, better defending the run today than Mm -hmm. than they have been in what seems like a a really long time. They allowed just 59 rushing yards, albeit they got ahead early, but it never felt like, you know, it felt like the 49ers had a pretty good grasp on on whatever Jacksonville was trying yeah. to do. And and it's a lot easier for them to pin their ears back when they're not a, getting gashed in the running game like they did uh, the previous game against Cincinnati. So um, classic yeah, complimentary I mean, football, complimentary football. And they won the turnover <laughs> battle. Dude, two, of two of our keys, two of our keys to victory. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I just you get. Javon Hargrave with a sack and a half, Nick Bosa with a sack and a half, Eric Armstead with half a sack, Cleveland, uh, Cleveland Furl with a sack, and then Chase Young at half a sack. Like, that's what you expected from this defensive line this year. And Nick Bosa was credited with a couple of hits. Hargrave was credited with three quarterback hits, Young with two. That's what it's supposed to look like. Dre Greenlaw and, looked a lot better today. Dre Greenlaw looked better. Fred Warner was awesome looked like Fred Warner again because in those you, you mentioned this in in the last couple of pods post game pods where there were times Warner just looked like he was completely befuddled by whatever was going on and that's just not a thing that that you're used to seeing and you saw the Niners defense playing a step slow mm-hmm. and I don't know if it was all health and we'll get to the health stuff with with the offense but I don't know if it was just getting a week off to rest and get re-energized or if it was defensive adjustments they made or what, but Fred Warner looked like an all pro again after having a couple of tough weeks. Maybe it was adjusting going with white cleats and the white socks, just kind of keeping the clean look. Mm, yeah. Um, you saw George no, Kittle would track. do the same thing. Um, yep. not, not coincidentally, he scored a long touchdown there. Mm-hmm. So we can't rule that out either. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. That's why you're one of the best. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, I, that's that's just 
that they did this to Jacksonville, who also had the week off and had won. How many times on the broadcast that they did they say did Joe Davis and and Moose Johnson say that the Jags had won five in a row in five different stadiums? Like they harped on that point a lot. Like not only have they won five in a row, but man, it's been in five different stadiums. So the Jags were scorching hot coming into this game and also coming off a of bye week, and the Niners just throttled them. And this looked like you said the Pittsburgh game or the Dallas game where it's, man, that's a pretty good team. And they just are not in the same league as San Francisco. And that's what this was supposed to be this year. This is why going into this game, you know, the jet, the Niners are favored by three and, and you're going, man, this is going to be a tough Jags team. And, and we'll see what the Niners look like because they look like they have, they're going to lose. But if not, you know, they should be able to dominate because the Niners are supposed to be in that tier of elite elite team. And Jacksonville is supposed to be good, but definitely a tier or two below. And that's what it looked like today. And I think that's the kind of win the Niners needed. They, you know, sneaking out of there with a 26, 23 win would have been nice, but winning in that faction and just kind of looking more like the team we saw in the first five weeks, I think is a pretty big deal. Having Trent Williams and Debo Samuel back. um, It's hard to really like, we can quantify it and say, like obviously Debo Samuel had that rushing touchdown in the second half mm-hmm. um, and he does impact a little bit of what they do in the running game. And maybe that opens things up for Christian McCaffrey a little bit more, but I do, I just think like what they bring is just intangible, like attitude stuff, right? Just sure. like we got, we got two of the baddest MFers on the field and like they can, they, they can just raise the energy and change the tone of a game just by being there, right? Mm-hmm. And and like when you have defenders basically running out of the way when Trent Williams is in open space blocking, it's like it's just very unique and it's not something you could ever replicate with a backup. Um, and it just feels like the Niners are a different team when they have those guys out there. And it's not even it's not even just like numbers, like oh they you know they rush better, they protect better it's just like they just have a different feel about them when 71's out there and when 19 is out there um and you know i i I don't know if it was just i mean it's a combo we've talked about like what what worked with the defense sort of like a perfect storm of of things coming together and i think you could make a similar case with the offense and part of the part of that equation includes you know getting trent williams and debo samuel back um trent said after the game he was basically playing at 75 80 percent Um, and that he really didn't have a great idea of whether or not he was going to play going into the weekend. Um, And it sounded like the reports trickled out Saturday night slash Sunday morning that Trent was going to play. I was a little dubious before the game. Like I texted you guys. I was like, I felt like, you know, playing Trent uh, when he's not a hundred percent might be a little bit risky because you might risk re-injuring mm-hmm. him if he would have gotten rolled up on or took a false step or slipped in the rain or whatever it was. Like maybe this turns into a four to six week injury and then you're like really screwed with that stretch, you know, two games against the Seahawks sandwiching the, the Eagles game. Um, but it it all went well. There were no new injuries coming out of the game, which is probably as positive a development as, as the score itself. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. you know, you have to be feeling really, really good if you're in red and gold right now at six and three after, you know, what seemed like the sky was falling before the bye week. So Debo Samuel being in and I was a big proponent of, hey, Ch- uh, Trent Williams being out is a bigger deal than Debo Samuel being out. 
And I think you saw it a little bit today, but Debo in the first three plays motioned left to right and then stopped and did this like orbit motion back behind Purdy and McCaffrey. And the second two times he did that, it left McCaffrey wide open and George Kittle wide open. McCaffrey uh, caught it for nine yards and then Kittle had one for 29 yards to get down into the red zone. And it's like, that's a, those two plays are direct results of the defense watching Debo Samuel. If that's Ray Ray McLeod running those orbit motions, teams are going to key on McCaffrey and Kittle still. But because it's Debo Samuel and, oh, got to keep track of him going left, right. Okay, now he's spinning back right. Whose assignment is what? And all of a sudden you get George Kittle running free down the middle of the field. And that's the kind of thing that just doesn't happen if if McCaffrey's not there. So I, I thought Brock Purdy did a really nice job today for the most part, uh, especially on those easy throws that, that get created and – when when the Niners offense is doing that, it's it's really hard to stop. Yeah, agree. We should we should talk about Brock Purdy here. Nineteen of twenty six, two hundred ninety six yards, three touchdowns, no picks. Um, Kyle Shanahan said after the game that his Purdy's first touchdown on the Niners' opening drive to when he rolled left and threw it back across the middle of the field to Brandon Ayuk was probably the worst decision he's made since coming to the Forty ers <laughs> which, which is i mean just i mean i don't yeah, know the, 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 the pick well, at the so end of the vikings game was really bad <laughs> well right but this that, i mean that was more like desperation right like sure this was kyle shannon basically saying like this he brock had no business making that throw and obviously the result was good based on the fact that there was a touchdown but you know it, it's I don't know what it says about Brock Purdy. Like, what? Like, is it a positive or negative that Brock Purdy just sort of has that mindset of like being a gunslinger? Like, obviously it worked out, but man, if if that game had started with an end zone interception, then I think the game probably goes completely differently. Yeah. Right. But be, but because because the game started on such a positive note, then it felt like everything was just sort of rolling downhill after that. And I thought the throw to George Kittle, uh, the second play, was it the second play of the second half? Third, um, when, third play of the second half. Oh, 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 Se- second, second play of the second uh, half. Yeah. Yeah. The touchdown. Um, just like, you know, completely muddied pocket defender in his grill. Can't really step up. And pump fakes. Guy, pump fakes. <laughs> yeah. It seemed like, I don't know if he did that to get the safety to bite towards Brandon Ayuk in the middle of the field. Um, but didn't even look like he could really step into that throw. And for a guy that, you know, doesn't really have great arm strength to, to place the ball where he did and hit George Kittle in stride, uh, was just like, just a really excellent play for a guy that's played for a team that has struggled to like really hit a lot of deep shots consistently. Yeah. Um, and so after that, it was like, all right, this is, and this is going to be a blowout because at that point it was what 13 to three before Kittle. Yeah. That made it, that made it 20 to three. So then it, it felt like the route was on after that. Yeah. It, for me, it was the Ambry Thomas fumble on the next possession mm-hmm. because the Jags were going down to score. That would have made it 20 to 10 going into the fourth quarter. It's like, okay, it's still up in the air. But yeah, that was that was the point. It, it felt like the Jags weren't going to get a stop unless the Niners turned it over. But on that throw in particular, I thought the thing he did really well, which is something that Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, really struggled with on deep throws. And it's something Purdy has struggled with as well, is trying to get too fine with it and trying to perfectly place it instead of 
my tight end is more athletic than the guy covering him one-on-one. I'm just going to get this up into the air and out in front where he can go get it. And it wound up dropping in the breadbasket. I mean, it was, a, it was a perfect throw, but he got it inside a little bit, didn't take it too far out to the boundary. It was just a, a really well-placed ball. And <laughs> honestly, the throw to Ayuk for the touchdown back across the middle, was it a bad decision? Yeah, but I don't think he could have placed that ball a lot better. So yeah. I thought overall, Brock was really good. However, there were a couple of times, maybe maybe four or five times, so a few times, that I thought he hesitated on some throws over the middle. And maybe it was the right thing to do. Maybe the Jags were king on some of these throws, and so he was avoiding throwing it to a linebacker. But it felt like they... It felt like he got under pressure a couple times when he didn't need to. Like, there was a little bit of indecisiveness there, but it's, like I said, it was a handful of plays, and that's a pretty small nitpick considering how how good he was overall. Yeah, and, like, the Niners... The Niners' offensive line from a pass protection standpoint has been, like, probably bottom third of the league. They haven't been great. To this point, right? Just just from pure, like, pass rush, um, or, like, a number of pressures allowed or like pressure rate allowed. I think they, they came into this week, according to PFF is there. I'm pretty sure they were in the bottom third and Purdy, frankly, had not been great under duress and not many quarterbacks are um, when they're pressured. The numbers take a pretty precipitous hit, but yeah, I mean, if, if you're going to look at really, I think it's going to be the 49ers Achilles heel all season mm-hmm. is the ability to pressure the quarterback and how the quarterback responds. Because I do think if you can consistently heat up Brock Purdy, you're going to get opportunities to get interceptions. And yeah, it looked like he was a little bit unsure of himself and maybe not super confident on a handful of those plays. But not throwing a pick is is a way better result than than you know like, yeah than a pump fake or, or whatever. So I like yeah, no we'll doubt. see. I I haven't watched the tape yet. Obviously that that'll come out tomorrow. Um, hopefully if NFL Plus gets its act together. For real. <laughs> Just we, us, just bitching we, about NFL Plus. Let's, yeah, let's do let's do the Twitter <laughs> thing tomorrow where we complain about NFL Plus not having the all twenty two yet. Like ten a.m. What am I even paying for? <laughs> I just need to let all my followers know that I'm trying to grind this tape. <laughs> all right, week ten of the NFL is in the books. It's your homies Kyle and Chris here from Candlestick Chronicles. Talk to you about Prize Picks and Chris. I got to tell you, huge win for the 49ers. They go dominate the Jags. Not a huge win. For me and prize picks. In fact, an actively an actively tough week for me. How did you do? Uh, I had three selections uh, and in my entry, and one of them hit, and the two that didn't hit, boy, did they not hit. They like really <laughs> actively did not hit. Were not close to hitting. Never felt good about them hitting. Um, which is fine. Like it's, it's fine. It's been a rough year for me with prize picks, but, uh, I'm definitely due. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm poised to go on a run here at some point and we're just going to keep trudging along and, uh, and, and, you know, just hope that one week can, can swing our fortunes very similarly to the way the Niners 34 to three victory in Jacksonville has potentially swung their season back to the great tie in. Yeah, no, that's a that's a great tie-in by you. Prize Picks is daily fantasy sports made easy. It's super easy. You, you pick two players between two and six players. There's stat projections for each player, and then you pick whether the player will have more than or less than that number. 
I had Brandon Ayuk more than four and a half receptions. He only had three. And given the way that game started with the touchdown for Brandon Ayuk, I felt really good about it. No dice. Christian McCaffrey, more than 66 and a half rushing yards. Nailed it. He had 95. Debo Samuel, more than 10 and a half rushing yards. He hit that just on his touchdown run of 23 yards. Juwan Jennings, more than 17 and a half, or excuse me, less than 17 and a half receiving yards. He only had eight, just the one catch for him. So again, feeling really good. I did a flex play. So even if I miss one or two, I can still I can still get uh, a little bit of winnings. But George Kittle, more than three receptions. Felt awesome about that one after his long touchdown. Nope, finished with three. I had more than three and a half. And then Trevor Lawrence had more than 23 completions. He only had 17, uh, thanks to a really nice effort by the 49ers defense. So, uh, yeah, tough, tough week I'll, for me, tough week for you, but a good week for the 49ers. And the good news is, I think we're bouncing back. I was, uh, I had more than on Jennings, 17 and a half yards. He finished with eight. eight. Uh, Kittle, I hit on uh, more than 39 and a half receiving yards. He had 116. His touchdown hit the uh, hit the more than there. Calvin Ridley, I had for more than four and a half receptions. Uh, you didn't know lockdown defender Ambry Thomas was going to be on him. I did not. Um, big big error on my part. But you know, we're <laughs> onward and upward. We're learning from it. We're evaluating the film. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna hit we're gonna hit the the practice field this week. Get back on track and and be ready for Sunday's uh, prize picks. So don't worry, don't yeah. worry. We're we're fighting back here. I might try and get I might try and get back on track with with a basketball entry. We'll see because with basketball season here, you can actually now go with combo projections, Chris. That's across football and basketball from the specials league. So that's a league created specifically for combo projections that include two or more players from different sports or leagues. So check this out. Maybe you get LeBron James and Taylor Swift's boyfriend at ten and a half com- at a ten and a half combo of three pointers made plus receptions. So if LeBron hits four threes and T Swizzle's boy f- grabs seven receptions, they go more than ten and a half on that combo, and it's a great way to combine your sports watching with your prize picks. I've been doing basketball entries, I've been doing football entries, and now. You can do both. And if you want to play alongside of prize picks, favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz, you can find community plays under the promos tab. Uh, that's in the app. It's right down there at the bottom. Super easy to find. And you can view entries from some of the biggest names in the prize picks community each week. Those are great when you realize that there's a game on that you're going to be watching and, oh, you didn't have time to do some research on those picks. That's fine. You just hit one of the, one of the, player entries that's already made under the promo and, and you ride. I, I rock with Meek Mill any chance I get. Everybody knows this. Because when yeah. they saw that Aston Martin, everybody thought it was rented. And I'm like, no, no, no. Sure. I've been I've been riding Meek Mill prize picks. Yeah. Um in in my dreams and nightmares been uh, been rocking <laughs> with Meek Mill. Totally. So. Yeah. Um <laughs> prize picks turn the noodles into pasta. Is <laughs> <laughs> PrizePix even offers a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. So for football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits a game in the first half and does not return in the second, you know that's super frustrating, uh, especially for the player. But uh, that player gets rebooted. So PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. So shout out to PrizePix. You can join me and Chris on PrizePix today. Today, go to prizepicks.com slash candlestick and use code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. That is prizepicks.com slash candlestick and use code candlestick for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, here's uh, Rory in our YouTube chat brings up a good point. YouTube.com slash at Candlestick Chronicles podcast, by the way. Go to YouTube.com, search Candlestick Chronicles right there. Hit the thumbs up. Uh, subscribe if if you're not already there. And he asked if Christian McCaffrey's streak ending is going to affect his legacy. So Christian McCaffrey did not score a touchdown. 49ers scored 34 points and none of them were from Christian McCaffrey. That's pretty baffling. But it snaps a streak of 17 consecutive games with a touchdown from him, including the playoffs. If he had gotten to 18, it would have set the NFL record. He instead tied the record set by Lenny Moore back in the 50s-ish, 60s. But it's a great question by Rory. Should the 49ers get rid of Christian McCaffrey now that his streak is over? Yeah, I mean, in games where Christian McCaffrey hasn't scored a touchdown this year, the 49ers are averaging wins by 31 points. So I think that mm. just kind of speaks for itself, right? So is Christian McCaffrey's <laughs> is Christian McCaffrey's importance overrated? Yes, unquestionably. That's what I thought. No, I thought the I, exact same thing. <laughs> I just thought it was extremely selfish of Kyle Uzcheck to score the touchdown there. Dude, that was a that was tough for my guy Juice. <laughs> no, I so here's my here's my whole thing. I understand I understand the 49ers wanted to get McCaffrey in the end zone. And bringing him back in at the end of the game after they were up twenty-seven to three late in the fourth quarter, I, I get you know that's a fun thing to do. There was what was it earlier this year where Shanahan didn't get someone a touchdown when they could have had one, and it would have been some kind of record. Am I misremembering that that happened? I don't, it's not. He got asked about it after a game. After a game, not going for whatever record thing and he was so basically like oh i didn't i didn't know i had no idea sure and it's fun but <laughs> that feels really risky in that spot it's just giving it to christian mccaffrey over and over and over again in a situation where the defense knows who's getting the ball in a game that you're going to win 
like we always talk about you and I and anybody who talks about the 49ers with any regularity always talks about finding ways to limit Christian McCaffrey's workload to ensure that he is healthy for the playoff run that they're going to need him for. And now they go and it's not that four touches is going to make or break his season, but it's like, man, if he gets rolled up on or he takes a shot to the head or something like anything bad can happen. Every starter is out except for him. So he can get this touchdown record. I don't, I, I that was a tough I, call for me. I, I didn't don't, love that. I don't disagree with you. I, I do think it was one of those records that like, it's really hollowed ground, right? Like you could set yeah. an NFL record for consecutive games with a touchdown. It's not like a franchise record. Sure. Yeah merger whatever like this is this is like a real legit nfl record and it's not so to tie really, the record it was to break it yeah and it was to break it so um i i respect the effort honestly the the thing for me like those were touches what 23 24 25 and 26 mm-hmm. in the game for mccaffrey if they were touches like 30 31 32 33 like yeah, that's a good point then then it's like all right we're kind of overdoing it here um, but I, I do like, he finished the game with, oh, he only had 22 uh, tw- touches. Tw- oh yeah. 22 touches. Sorry. So it was 20, was 21 and 22. Yeah. 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 So that, yeah, I was looking at targets. targets yeah. 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 I did so, the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it, you know, we're, we're talking about, we're talking about like a smaller number of touches than like if, if Christian McCaffrey had 35 touches at that point and then yeah. they're like still feeding in, then it's like, all right guys. But um, you know, he was coming off a bye. He was at what 18 touches to that point. He went the entire, well, or not the entire second quarter, but there was, there was a point, I think I texted you guys. There was like five minutes left in the second quarter um, and he hadn't gotten a carry since the first quarter. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, you know, they had a couple weird drives. Um, they, they had two drives with penalties that led to punts. Um, and McCaffrey didn't get any carries on either of those, but yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying, but I think it I'm just okay felt risky. It. it, yeah, for sure. But for I didn't, sure. I did not, I had not taken into account the fact that he was only at 19 touches when they started that whole thing. Yeah. And That's they, so and bad. they're coming off a bye. Yeah. So if it was like the Bengals game and it was like a short week after Minnesota mm-hmm. and he had like 30 touches at that point, I'm like, hell no, like get him off the field. Yeah. But yeah. Um, that's fair. so I, I didn't love the play calling. I would have, you know, I would have maybe like given him a, give him a slant on third yeah, down did, from, yeah. or fourth down from Sam Darnold rather than that little out route short of the sticks. I mean, I, why it would have been Arnold look like Blaine Gabbard out there. It would have been high comedy if that got taken for a pick six. That would have been so it goddamn would, funny. It would have. Yes, it would have been would have been perfect. For sure. Do you think Mac Jones was watching that game mop up duty in the fourth quarter on the way back from Germany and being like, that could be me next year? Yeah, I definitely. could be the guy feeding Christian McCaffrey to break another record. Definitely. Do you think that Bill Belichick and Bill O'Brien are watching? are watching Brock Purdy right now and like how do we make Mac Jones look like that? Probably. I mean they get they gotta be moving off of Mac in the offseason, right? Future 49ers backup Mac Jones? That's what I'm saying. When Sam Darnold inevitably gets his four year hundred and thirty million dollar contract stop whoever in the offseason. He's gonna get he's gonna get like two A he's gonna get he's not gonna get that but he's gonna get like two and sixty five. 
bet. <laughs> like bet, like for sure. <laughs> Atlanta. It's going to be Atlanta. Atlanta's going to give Darnold two and sixty-five. <laughs> he'll come in and like. I don't. I don't even want to speak into existence. But he'll he'll get he'll get a start or two here, and then ball out for Kyle Shanahan with these weapons, and then parlay it into a big contract and leaving the 49ers to go search for a backup, and it'll be Mac Jones. <laughs> that will be very funny. Like it will it, it'll be great if and when Mac Jones comes to the 49ers, and you get the media asking the right questions in his first availability. They're like, Mac, what was your how surprised were you that the Niners didn't take you back in 2021? <laughs> and then he'll, he'll be like, look, I was like very certain that I was going to the Niners. That's why I was so pissed that I last till 15 or whenever the Pats took him. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Kyle. Um, Kyle Madsen with Candlestick Chronicles here. Uh, was this the plan the whole time? Because you knew Mac Jones would be ass in New England and that he'd be available. <laughs> so you could really get two bites at the at the 2021 draft Apple. <laughs> so- it's not turning out to be. Do you know how as... bad you have to suck at quarterback to get pulled in a four-point game with two minutes left? Yikes, they took man. Bailey Zappi, who hasn't played like all freaking year, and went, "Hey, you go try and get the game-winning drive because we know Mac isn't going to do it." That's nuts, dude. I mean, hindsight's obviously playing a huge role here, but looking back at that twenty-one uh, quarterback class. It's not aging super well. Zach Wilson, too. The Niners just put it on Trevor Lawrence. Um, Richard Sherman had some tweets, or at least one tweet I saw after the game, talking about Lawrence not like having a ton of talent, but like the tape not really showing that he's he's been awesome. And I think I I agree to an extent because it's been so like he's been super reliant on screens, right? We saw some of that today. Um, a lot of super screens. reliant on just just getting the ball out early. They don't have like anywhere near the downfield passing attack as some elite offenses in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, but Sherman just sort of pointing out he's not playing that well. Like, all right, even if you are high on Trevor Lawrence, we're looking at really, like, of those, what, four guys, five mm-hmm. guys, five guys, one of them is, like, you feel comfortable saying is a franchise quarterback in this moment? In Lawrence? Yeah. Yeah, Yes. Yeah, he's the only one, and it's not even close. Trey's already gone. Uh, Zach Wilson can't re- can't be replaced by Aaron Rodgers soon enough. Uh, Mac Jones is going to be gone. It's not great. Yikes. I found what I was looking for, by the way. Great. With the touchdowns thing and Shanahan not knowing how many touchdowns a guy had. Mm. It was um, week four, and Christian McCaffrey had four touchdowns. And they got it at the one and they had Purdy sneak it in instead of giving it to McCaffrey for a fifth touchdown. And after the game, Shanahan said, quote, I honestly, I had no idea until I just came in here that he had four touchdowns. I never know that type of stuff. Bullshit. (laughs) He definitely knows. He can can recall like a second and seven play call from 2009. Yeah. Like he's like, he had how many touchdowns? I had no idea. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Kyle. I didn't know he had four touchdowns in the game, but I knew he had one in 17 consecutive games. He can tell you what each of those touchdowns were and what the play call was and what the situation was, but didn't know he had four in a game. Okay, dude. I think today was a makeup for that. Could be. Okay, fine. I hosed you out of a five touchdown game. Let me try and get you this 18th in a row. 
So the Niners house Jacksonville. They're going to be huge favorites against Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. Who? What did they do today? They had a big win over the Tennessee Titans, twenty to six. Twenty to six. So they're riding high uh, at four and five. Feels <laughs> like the 49ers are going to be at least what eight point, maybe ten point favorites next week. Oh, I mean, hmm. it does have it does have trap game written all over it, and we can talk about it as this week goes. Um, but they it's Tampa and then Seahawks on Thanksgiving and then at Philadelphia the following week, December 3rd, and then home to the Seahawks December 10th. Um, so this is going to say, be a trap game. Did you say eight and a half? I said somewhere between eight and ten. Eight and a half feels like the number to me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, nine and a half and let it get bet up to ten. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I did think there were there were still a lot of Niners penalties today, and I still think penalties are really problematic. It just feels like whenever they have an offensive penalty, there's like a one to one ratio in like unsuccessful drives. Like every single time they have a holding call, mm-hmm. or um, you know, I don't know that they had like any illegal formation or illegal for procedure plays or whatever today. They did have Brandon Ayuk with an offensive pass interference, so it was pretty blatant. Mm-hmm. Um, that like they, those back-to-back drives so in the second quarter, it just feels like the offense could leaves, I don't know, ten points out on the field every game because of like a couple penalties. Like they, it's so much of their offense is relying on momentum, and it just feels like the momentum just gets beat over the head with a sledgehammer every time they commit a penalty because they, you know, the the playbook. You can't be as creative when you're playing, you know, when it's first and 20 as opposed to first and 10. And you can do play action or a run and then set up play action on second down. Like, so that's that's one thing they need to clean up is is the penalties overall. And also, I know a couple of the um, like the penalties on Traverius Ward and some guys in the secondary felt a little ticky tacky. Mm-hmm. But like the illegal contacts and the pass interferences, like they just they need to stop gifting away yards with those. I agree. Um, Niners had seven penalties for 90 yards. Uh, had they not just blown the Jaguars out today, I think that would have been a much bigger talking point coming out of the game because 90 mm-hmm. yards of penalties is a lot. That's so many. Um, and in a close game, like that can be like a, a huge factor in losing. Yeah. Uh, so I think Shanahan al- alluded to it after the fact, saying they like, you know, he obviously happy with the win, but they didn't, he didn't feel like they played perfect or close to perfect. And I, I would guess those penalties are, are a big, a big reason why. And one of those was Fifth, like Trent Williams got a, beat. Oh, okay. Go ahead. Trent Williams got beat for one, for like, and the guy was going to just kill Brock Purdy and Trent <laughs> just like held him a little bit to prevent right, good foul. Good foul. So yeah, like good foul, I guess. But still, I think 15 of those yards were on Shanahan for being out on the field. (laughs) That was a nuts play. That was a wild play. So I kind of thought in real time that like the referees might have blown the whistle because they thought I did too. Ambry Thomas gave himself up because he just like dove on the ball and sort of like held it there for a beat. And then he got up and ran. Typically, that play is blown dead because whenever a player sort of gives himself up like that, the play is deemed over. Mm -hmm. Officials didn't see it that way. The Niners' sideline was like half on the field. D. Winters was like 10 yards on the field. Kyle Shanahan, for some reason, is standing on the field. He was way out there. (laughs) But then, like, Trevor Lawrence hits Ambry Thomas at like five yards into the end zone, like hits him right in the knee. That was a scary hit. 
like for for all the penalties that get called anytime anybody touches a quarterback or like Nick Bosa tackling him because he thought you know he wasn't sure that Lawrence got the ball out or not so he takes him to the ground and gets flagged for roughing the passer like for all the soft penalties called a, like on players tackling quarterbacks and then for a quarterback to like hit a dude in the knee like well beyond the play being over yeah straight up diving at his knees just kind of wild to me and maybe the rest if, if that dude if bewildered if, by everything that happened if Amber switch roles there, if Ambry's doing that to Trevor Lawrence, he is flagged, ejected, and doing twenty five to life. And a <laughs> and a fight breaks out. Like the, yeah, the man. Jaguars offensive lineman is going to fight him. <laughs> well, did you and did you did you see Lenore didn't even celebrate? He turned around looking at Lawrence like, "What the hell are you doing?" <laughs> he, he's doing the come on, man. Yeah, yeah, that was that was wild. I was I'm with you. I. I Nice hus by Lawrence. You love really to see good hus. <laughs> Takes no talent to hustle. It was this is hard nineties all the way back to, to defending <laughs> that. Play. Yeah, I don't I don't know, man. Um it, it was fine. And Shanahan was joking about it after the game and said, Oh, that was strategic, so our offense could go get a touchdown. They did seven plays, eighty one yards. They just kind of methodically beat the Jags down at that point. But all that aside, just a really excellent play from Ambry Thomas yeah. to not only make the hit, but as he's going down, kind of poke at the ball and 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 knock it out, and then to recover it, and then to have the wherewithal to get up and go. It's just a really nice play from Ambry Thomas. And I think when you're looking at what the secondary looked like today, I don't think hey, maybe this is just a club they have in their bag for situational use or whatever, but I don't think you can go back to Isaiah Oliver. At least not not right away. No, it didn't Thomas seem was like too it. good today. Thomas, yeah, Thomas was good today. I mean, Ambry Thomas has had kind of an interesting career. Like, yeah. he was a third round pick. He had colitis in college at Michigan, mm-hmm. which basically cost him a year. Um, his last year in school was a pandemic season. Yeah, and he didn't so play. He, yeah, he just had like he didn't play. He had a he had a weird college career. Um, comes in, and as a rookie in twenty one, like at the end of the season, is like getting meaningful snaps at the at the end of the year like he had that mm-hmm. interception against the Rams in in week 18 that mm-hmm. got the team to the playoffs um and then for you know what i had heard he just like didn't have a good off season it was one of those like you know we talk all the time about players making the biggest strides in their career from their first season to their second mm-hmm. but it's very easy to take a step back if you play well as a rookie like you need to like work really hard in the off season to make sure that you take that leap because nothing's given. And sometimes guys fall into that trap. Right. Mm-hmm. From what I heard, it sounded like Thomas fell into that trap and then he was basically a no show last year. Right. Like mm-hmm. didn't really play all that much. Um, and there were serious questions even going into training camp this year. Like was Ambry Thomas going to make the team? Um, he makes the team. And even to this point, it wasn't like he played very well. Like the Niners had been, experimenting with Isaiah Oliver in the slot or Diamador Lenore in the slot because Samuel Womack lost that job and got hurt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a big part of that decision not to have Lenore in the slot earlier was that Ambry Thomas just wasn't nearly as good on the outside. And so they needed Lenore on the outside. And then they felt like the best version of their secondary was Lenore on the outside and Oliver on the inside. Oliver gets cooked a fair bit, right? Mm-hmm. make some plays in the running game but then the 49ers decide today that dis- despite Evan Ingram being a really good tight end 
who lines up outside and maybe it making sense for Oliver to match up with him. The Niners go with Lenore um, and Thomas plays really well. And mm-hmm. so, you know, like Ambry Thomas being good, like becoming a good, useful player to the 49ers would be a pretty substantial development for them because it's felt like yeah. to this point, like they have two good starting corners, but you worry about the depth behind Mooney Ward and Diamador Lenore and Thomas developing into like a plus, like an asset there would dramatically change the way you feel about it. Because, you know, at that, at that point, like if you know, you have a good third corner, then at least you can, you know, absorb an injury. Like, you know, mm-hmm. say Mooney Ward sprain like strains a hamstring and has to miss a week. And it's the Eagles game. Like, you know, like you, who knows how important that depth could be. And mm-hmm. so Thomas today is at least taking a step towards, okay, maybe now he's going to build some confidence and maybe this is a launch point towards, okay, Ambry Thomas's emergence and providing more and, and giving the 49ers more depth on that back end that they haven't previously had. So we'll see. Um, obviously one game and, and really just one play isn't going to like define that. But if he continues playing like this, like he did today, um, and, and makes a turnover here and there, like that's that could be huge for the 49ers defense because well, that's a serious question in terms of like depth in the secondary. Well, and it wasn't just the turnover though. Like he was guarding Calvin Ridley a lot, and Calvin Ridley had two catches for 20 yards. Yeah, that's true. I know he, he he interfered with him on the on the one he, the, where where Ridley got him, but for the most part, he was fine. Christian Kirk goes six for 104. I think most of that was out of the slot. I didn't think Ambry Thomas was like a huge issue today. And part of the reason that they went to Oliver was because at the beginning of the year, Thomas in that week two game against the Rams just got flambéed. And so they took him out and Isaiah Oliver had a, had a good week too. And it was just kind of, that was, that was it from there. So like I said, maybe it winds up being a mix and match type of thing. And okay, Thomas isn't playing well this week. So they're going to go back to, to Oliver inside with Lenore outside. But if Thomas is going to do what he did as a rookie, where we saw him come in, I think it was week 13 against the Seahawks, I think. And from there, he just kind of got better every week. And you just kind of saw him incrementally improve, which is why I think a lot of people were so high on him going into year two, because he just got continually better in year one when he got to play more. So if he follows that same track this year, where he just kind of gets better as he goes, then the Niners might have fallen backwards into a into a better secondary over the bye week. And I don't think it's a coincidence that you get better secondary play and the pass rush starts getting home and they rack up five sacks. Exactly. That's probably the most important point of all of this. Like the secondary plays well, playing well is essentially what allows the pass rush to play well, Mm -hmm. because what we learned, what we learned over the the three game losing streak and in particular, the Vikings and Bengals game was like, doesn't matter how good the pass rush is if the quarterback's getting it out in two seconds flat. Yeah. No pass rush is gonna is gonna be impactful when the quarterback can just yep. just get the ball out before the pass rush gets there. Yep. It's so nuts looking at Brock Purdy's line today and just being like, yeah, no, he bounced back. He was good. Nineteen of twenty six. It's seventy three point one percent completions. Two hundred and ninety six yards. He went at eleven point four yards per attempt. Three touchdowns. No picks. That's a pretty good game. <laughs> He's had multiple like games this year where he's averaging 10, 11 yards per attempt, which it's is it's so phenomenal. Long. Like if you if you're at like eight and a half for a season, like you might lead the league. Yeah, and it's not like his and it's not, Matt Ryan. The year he in twenty sixteen was the MVP was at like nine point two, 
and that was a crazy high number. So if you're at 11, and that's the thing is, is if his a dot, if his adver- if his average depth of target was like four and a half yards or something stupid, then you'd you know write some of that off. But he's pushing it down the field. He's making good throws. That he was Rock much three. much better today. Not that he was really bad, but I thought it was really clear today how much the Niners defense and allowing the offense to play from ahead helps Brock Purdy. Um, I'm pulling up the the tweet I saw. Yeah. So this is from next gen stats. All three of Purdy's Brock Purdy's passing touchdowns against the Jaguars were over 10 air yards with a time to throw of over two and a half seconds. Five quarterbacks have three plus such touchdowns in a game this season. Purdy is the only one to do it twice. Wow. Dang. So, you know, like creating out of structure. Yeah, creating out of structure, but also like being aggressive and and making throws downfield, right? Like that's mm-hmm. I mean the 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 Kittle play was within structure. He he just had to wait for that play to develop. Mm-hmm. The IU play, he rolls to his left. Maybe that was a questionable decision. The use check play, he rolls out to his right and hits use check who's wide open. But those are not like those are not plays that Jimmy Garoppolo makes. Like I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo, and this is not, you know, we don't need to relitigate the fact that Brock Purdy's a hell of a lot better than Jimmy Garoppolo. But Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't make any of those touchdown passes today. Right? Mm. Like it doesn't feel like maybe use check if he gets outside the pocket. Like one of yeah, Jimmy Garoppolo's issues, he he like would never get outside the pocket. And when you did, you feared for your life because you thought Garoppolo <laughs> was going to throw a pick every time he, he left the pocket, right? Yeah, I think I think he the the Kittle one is a great example of of how different the the two quarterbacks are. And again, this this is not a drag Jimmy Garoppolo session, but but he sucks. <laughs> but no, he's trash. And so no, <laughs> I don't mean that. No, but but when the when the when the pocket breaks down on the George Kittle touchdown, when the proc, when the pocket breaks down, Purdy s- sits in it. And creates just enough space to get a throw off and then makes a good, accurate throw in a muddy pocket. Jimmy, when the pocket breaks down like that, he's not effective. He's either getting rid of it short or he's panic throwing it to the middle of the field to nobody. Or he's trying to bail out and like doing that thing where he like spins around and gets all disoriented and and it just it, it doesn't work out. So I think that play just by itself is a really good indicator of one of the things that Brock Purdy does better than Garoppolo, and that's navigate a collapsing pocket. Agreed. That's all to say Garoppolo would not have made that throw. Agreed. Um, is Kyler Murray back? Many are saying, hey, do you know who's not back? <laughs> the Giants of New York? The New York football Giants. I'm going to read these halftime stats that by... I know this is just for the live audience. The Giants at halftime have one first down. They're 0 for 6 on third down, 0 for 1 on fourth down. They're 0 for 1 in the red zone. They have 27 yards on 22 plays. Yeah, don't love that matchup taking your uh, your third string quarterback who struggles to complete passes on the road against a division rival who happens to have one of the best defenses in the league. And you lose your left tackle who's carted off the field with a leg injury at some point. 
So the Yikes, scene, man. as as the kids say, is tough. Um, standings Washington in hanging in there with Seattle. Oh, yeah, it was nine nine last I looked. Okay. Um, so the Niners are six and three. What's Detroit doing? Is Detroit Detroit's winning that game, right? Uh, Detroit was up seven last I looked. Okay. So yeah, maybe the Niners don't gain any ground on Detroit this week, but <laughs> we'll talk do you about trust, this. Do you more. trust? Do you trust the Chargers to come back no. from seven down? No, okay. I don't trust the Chargers in any capacity. <laughs> do you trust the Chargers? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I do not. I do not. How about the Vikings winning with Josh Dobbs again, beating the the Saints of of New Orleans? That's a, dude. He was too good. That's why the Cardinals traded him. Just needed like couldn't have that competition for for Kyler Murray. No. Needed needed to let Kyler breathe a little bit and not have Josh Dobbs breathing down his neck. Thousand percent. <laughs> Dobbs can play, dude. So Philly's on their bye. They're eight and one. Detroit, <laughs> if they beat the Chargers, they're seven and two. Uh, Niners look pretty firmly uh, implanted into the three seed at six and three. No matter. Chargers well, I guess just tied the- it. Oh, Chargers just tied it. Mm-hmm. Um, do the Niners hold the tiebreaker over the Seahawks? Currently, yeah. Okay, because so of in, in division win, record. Okay, if the Seahawks win, the Niners are still uh, the three seed, while Seattle's currently the five. Correct. Um, and I think Seattle would jump. No, because they're man. The seven teams is screwing me up. Yeah, Seattle. Seattle can't jump New Orleans, even though they have a better record because New Orleans right. is the the division leader at this point. Hey, did New Orleans, did they bench Derek Carr or did he get hurt? Good question. Thanks. Yeah, 9-9 really? Washington and Seattle at the half. Really? That's That's got to be a, a pretty ugly football game, I guess. I don't know, man. you have any other big takeaways before we get out of here? No, nothing Nothing that that is jumping out at the moment. Like I said, I got to go confirm a couple things with what they did coverage-wise. But... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I do. I didn't. I, gotta, just gotta I, go. Uh, let the, have a conversation with the tape. Let the tape talk to you a little bit. Yeah, for sure. I'm gonna be in there, just grinding in a dark room. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I. That was what it should look like. And now all of a sudden, you start thinking, okay, this is a team that can be the one seed. They now have a couple of hurdles to get over, but dominating in that way not only a keeps them atop of the division, but it. It gives you confidence that okay, that team's still in there. They've righted the ship a little bit, and now you feel good about them hanging with Seattle on the road in a short week, hanging with the Eagles on the road, and those are games they're going to need to win if if they want to be the one seed. So, I'm going to ask you this question after every post game pod to to end it. Um, and shout out to our our good buddy Matt Mayoko. Would the Niners trade Brock Purdy for Trevor Lawrence straight up? Mm. This is going to be an ongoing bit. After every game, at here's the, the hard part. part. Here's the hard part the about it. And this is... pod, I'm going to ask if the Niners would trade Brock Purdy so, straight up for the opposing quarterback. Here's here's the hard part about it because Mayoko couched it with when you look at the contracts and stuff. Yeah. The Niners would probably believe they have a better team with Brock Purdy and the, the slew of pro bowlers and all pros around him than Patrick Mahomes, where they're getting rid of, 
Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle and everybody else they'd have to they'd have to punt they'd have to cut half their team if they absorb yeah. Patrick Mahomes contract and that that was the point that was the point Mayoko was making but right right for the sake of the bit no <laughs> I don't think they would <laughs> yeah because you get I mean you don't have to you have to pay Lawrence next year next year did he already sign he already signed his contract didn't he nope Oh, not yet. That'd be nuts if he did. He's only in year three right now. No, he can't. Oh, yeah. Not till after year yeah, three. Not, not till after this season. Yeah. So he'll he'll get his fifty million a year or whatever after this season. Um. So you still have a year or two of Brock Purdy not not being paid at that level. So. But yeah, I like that bit. Shout out to Matt. It's a good bit. Um, I can't wait till next week when you ask it about Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I will. <laughs> Baker carves up the Niners for four touchdowns. We're like, yeah, are we sure? Mm. <laughs> I like Baker. Baker can do some stuff. <laughs> All right, let's get out of here. Uh, everybody, appreciate us. Appreciate you guys hanging with us on YouTube um, as we stream live after every game when we can, of course. Uh, everybody listening on the podcast feeds, uh, please give us five star reviews if you can. Those mean the world. Subscribe to YouTube. Uh, hit the like button. Hit subscribe. Hit the notification bell so you know when we are going live. Uh, and you can hang out with us in real time instead of having to wait till Monday morning to listen to the podcast. Uh, so we'll talk to you guys very soon. We appreciate all the support as always. Shout out to Cooperage and Lamb Chops. Um, and we will talk to everybody later in the week. Bye.